Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 86th episode of the PJ Archive. It's a phone interview I did with the English singer-songwriter Reg Presley, who was lead singer with the 1960s rock and roll band The Trogs. Their hits included Wild Thing, With a Girl Like You, I Can't Control Myself and Love Is All Around, which became an even bigger success for Wet 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 when their version was featured in Richard Curtis's classic romantic comedy film Four Weddings and a Funeral in 1994. Reg used his royalties from that to fund research into things he was fascinated by, including alien spacecraft and crop circles. Reg sadly died in 2013 at the age of 71. In 2004, he did this interview with me, in which he chose his 10 favourite singles by other artists. But he began by telling me about his home in Hampshire. It's a mock Tudor place. How many bedrooms have you got? Five. And you've got a recording studio and swimming pool and all that? No, I've got a film studio here, uh, editing studio, in the ground, office in the ground. It's only on uh, about an acre. And how long have you lived there? Seven years. Where were you born? Andover. So actually, this is your hometown sort of thing? Yeah, I've, I've moved about seven times, I think, in my life to right round it, in it and around it. <laughs> All right. And may we know who you live with? I live with my wife, and we've been married for 42 years. Wow. Brenda. Have you got any children? I've got two. One is 40, and the other one is 35, I believe. But whereabouts in your home do you keep your record collection? Um, near the record player. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> In fact, we've just got a new machine, you know, it's a bit smaller, we wanted to move things around a bit, and, uh, yeah, I mean, small is, is still powerful today, whereas if you've got something small in the 60s, you know, you'd likely blow it up or something <laughs> if you turned it up. Which room is it in, the, the record collection? It's in two places. It's in the kitchen and in the lounge. And how extensive is your collection? Well, I don't know, um, roughly how many we've got, about a hundred or something like that. hundred CDs? Maybe, I don't know, I haven't never counted them up. <laughs> what happened to all the old vinyl stuff you had then? That, the, a lot of those are in, in the garage, still in boxes from when we moved seven years ago. You know? Right. And we haven't even got a record player now to play them, so they're dead in the water, as it were, you know. Yeah. How broad is your taste in music to listen to? Very. Absolutely, from one extreme to the other. Give us two extremes, then. The Kinks, and maybe Eddie Grant. Bit of reggae. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like reggae. In fact, I've always wanted to hear With a Girl Like You done as a reggae. I love that song of yours, yeah. Maybe, maybe um, I was talking, talking to Richard Curtis, and he, ever since Love Is All Around, the Wet 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 thing yep. ten years ago, he's been looking for a film of his to put with a girl like you into, which would be great. And I, and especially if he thought of if we could do it as a reggae and it just leans to that, you know. Can you explain why you prefer to do ten singles rather than ten albums, please? You know, I've been asked for ten albums and I my brain doesn't compute because I like good songs and they can come from all different kinds of music if you like i mean i i i, I love uh, one i haven't actually got on the 10 list is the gypsy king you know i mean um 
there's, there's so many variations I like that I, I might even play an album just to get one track off of it, you know, mm. just to hear it and hear it. Because uh, being a writer, if you if you listen to the radio too much, you start writing as what you're hearing, you know, and which is a bit awkward. So I, right from the beginning, I thought, no, if I if I do that, I won't be different. I'll be the same man. So I've always tried to sort of be off the rail, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what would be your first choice single then? Well, it, it'd have to be something that, you know, I first came into the business. I was, they, they asked at um, Carnival uh, when I was 13 years old if anybody wanted to get up and sing. Mm. And it was a big, big night, a Carnival night. And I was 13 years old and I got up and sung Unchained Melody. Oh. It was the only one that I knew all the lyrics to. Yeah. And it went down so well that it, it made an impression on me at 13, which, you know, I started learning the guitar and, uh, you know, got an acoustic guitar and started to teach myself that. And then um, that sort of made the, the way to being a bass player with the original Trog when they started. And a lot of bass players write music for some reason I don't know mm. but they do I mean Paul McCartney you've got the, several other ones they're all bass players and mm. I don't know why that is being, the guitarists seem to go off in the wild as it were mm. you know mm. whereas bass players seem to keep the rhythm the beat and that is I think where where songs come from you know there have been many versions of Unchained Melody would you say the Righteous Brothers is the one I believe so yeah love uh, that song the film Ghost that, that sort of made that that song popular again with the potter's wheel scene yeah they're all good things that keep music alive you know and then we wait for radio when to kill music don't we <laughs> or not play it at all well i mean you know nowadays in the 60s when you heard a car going down the road and you heard <laughs> you thought it's got a flat tire now they call it music yeah <laughs> <laughs> very good that's excellent. Okay, your second choice single, please. Second choice single, Peggy Sue. Right, by Buddy Holly. Yeah, and the reason I like that was because it was the first group that, that proved you didn't need cymbals crashing in the background to make a record, you know, and, right. and to make an exciting record. Hmm. It was just double, 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 you know. Yeah. And off they went. Did you ever see them live? No, I didn't, no. And why Peggy Sue of all their hits, of all his hits, rather? It's the first, it, it hit me at an age when I was about 15. It was so brand new in the, you know, sort of design, as it were. And it was played a lot in, in a... There were several dives in Andover in those days. Hmm. And it got played mostly in this dive that I was scared to go in at 15. Yeah. It was a cafe, but upstairs. And I'd always hear it out of the window, you know, and I would stop outside this cafe and listen to it until I could find the money to buy it. Do you know what I mean? It's a weird thing, but it was it was a new, then it was very, very new. And there's not been a lot like it since, actually. You know? hmm. Do you remember how you responded when you heard he died in a plane crash? Oh, I was devastated. You know, he, he was so... Oh, he, I, I would have loved to have seen what he graduated into. Mm. You know, I think he would have been pretty cool, but you never know. I mean, Alvis was great in his early days, and then they go off into, I don't know, uh, another sort of way of life, mm. almost. And if you take music and you, you try...
try to, how can you say it, if you go off the, the rails, as it were, in mm. your private life, that can be disastrous to your mm. business, to what you're in, and, and most of the, the great ones are, are dead. Bearing in mind you've got the same surname as Elvis, did you ever meet him? No, I didn't, no. That was <laughs> given to me by a publicist. Yes, of course. Right in the beginning they said, you've got to change your name, you you know, and, and but they didn't actually sort of say that when they did their first publicity. And they said, you've got a write-up in the NME, and I looked all through it and couldn't find it, looked through again, couldn't find it, phoned them up and said, oh, I can't find it. And they said, right, it's on the back page, it's only a couple of lines, but it's just to let you know, you know, it started. So I looked again, and then I saw Reg Presley, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> they said, couldn't you chosen a less known name like Crosby or Sinatra, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you live with it and yeah. all of a sudden people say, oh, you know, that's, that's who you are and then you've had a hit. Mm. Then everybody sort of takes it for granted. It's like that's it. Elvis Costello, what a, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, number three choice of single, please, Reg. You Really Got Me by The King. All right, excellent. It was the first group that I saw live we did a show with them down at Torquay. The way they opened their show blew me away in those days, you know. They ambled on, most of them, but Dave Davis left it very, very late, shot across the stage, I mean, skidded almost to a halt, stuck his guitar jack plug in the, in the amp and went, <laughs> and that I thought was great, and they just blew the place apart. Why did you choose You Really Got Me as opposed to any of the other ones? Well, it's the one that stuck with me originally, you know. As a writer, I suppose you, yeah, you really got me going. You know, it was all sort of, it was kinky, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four, please. The Cause. Oh, right. Interesting. Which one? What can I do, you know? Right, yeah. I just think they look or look when they first came with all the black and the, the violin and that, they looked superb. And mm -hmm. they were just right for doing what they were doing. I mm. mean, it was perfection to me. All those lovely ladies just stood there and and, and performed the, I don't know, it's, it's, they had it dead right, I believe. I don't know, I haven't seen them lately enough to say, ah, what, what are they doing now, as it were, but they got to me straight away, their music. Mm. It was absolutely different. Hmm. You don't normally get them up. You see violinists sat down, and, and the only time you see a violinist going for it is in a country band, you know, uh, in the States or something like this. So this was just, just, well, just nice. Have you found many of today's artists say that you were a big influence on them or that you were one of their heroes? Well, they, they seem to say that when you bump into different uh, people. They say, you know, thanks for all your music. You started me off, you know, and... And that wild thing seems to, I don't know, it's like the national anthem of all the kids. And it, and it just stays with them. I don't know why this is or how it is, but it, it's just a rebellious little thing. It cuts across. It sort of cuts across music. It did when it came out, because everybody was getting ready for flower power. And all of a sudden, wild thing came out, which was just three chords. And, and uh, I don't know, it just locks into children's heads. And they grow up with that, and, and, you know. I'll never forget Oliver Reed singing Wild Thing on a chat show when he was drunk. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> was he a mate of yours, Ollie Reed? Well, we did a, a, supposed to be a Christmas version of With a Girl, um, Wild Thing, and I sang it with him over in Ireland. 
Oh, right. Yeah, we actually brought out a single, um, and it did about, I don't know, five copies. <laughs> <laughs> what was he like? Have you got any nice story about Ollie Reed? He's a gr he was great. He, you know, I, I can't really, I don't know whether I could even say what he did when we did a press reception. There was nothing in the paper about it, but he, he takes his trousers off, and on his penis, he had a, a sparrow. What, a tattoo? <laughs> and everybody sort of sniggered in that and, and were embarrassed. I mean, there was lots of women there. And then he said, you want to see that turn into an eagle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the place was falling about. But <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I was embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, it was, he was his own man. He did yeah. what he wanted to do, when he wanted to do it, and he mm. didn't care a damn about anybody that was looking. If he offended you, well, that's your tub. He really was a wild thing. Oh, he was a wild thing, all right. <laughs> um, your fifth choice single, please, Reg. Baby, Please Don't Go, Van Morrison. Right. Explain why. Because it was just great blues. Mm -hmm. It was great blues, and that guy can do the blues. He's an English... Irish, uh, Irish uh, guy, you know, doing blues, and and that's good because it breaks away from the American sort of blues, if you know what mm. I mean. It's yeah. Have you met him? Yes, I have. Yeah. He, he got hold of me. I don't know how, whether it was through the net or something, because he was getting very involved in the sort of other side of the, the crop circle business. Maybe four or five years ago now. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. And he wanted to do, he was trying to get into TV or make a TV program, which I personally was trying to do at the same time. But he invited me over to his house and then we had lunch. But he was going through another angle. And uh, he was doing it through religion or something. Oh, yeah. You know, which was, uh, okay, it's his bag, you know. Um, and But he was talking about no religion. And I said, no religion? I mean, there is a religion out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. A religion as the title. And I said, do you think you can do this? And he said, well, I am Van Morrison. And I said, yeah, but. I said, will the TV companies let you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And uh, he went, hmm. Yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> so he never did do it? He never did do it. No. no. I've been waiting for something to sort of crop up, but he never did. But he was trying to find out the whole background of everything. You know, and um, I was willing to tell him exactly what I was into and where I was coming from uh, to try and help, you know. Mm. But uh, strange. But, you know, he wasn't downing religion. Mm. He was just saying that that was the title. And I said, even the title will knock a few people back, you know. So you, I said, you need to really think about it. Well, maybe he didn't and then forgot about it. <laughs> I don't know. Have you not heard from him since? Uh, no. Uh, I, I, uh, once or twice, I, I, you know, he he came to one of the shows that we did, and um, yeah, I mean, we haven't sort of packed up. I mean, if he wanted to phone me, he would, you know. Yeah, was he quite knowledgeable about crop circles then? I think he was just trying to find out about them hmm. uh, at that point in time, which, you know, I'd been already thinking about it uh, you know, five years ago, but for about seven years. So I knew quite a bit about it. But he was getting in touch with the same people that I might brush you know, when I'm, I was trying to find out about it. Mm. So he was, he was getting there. It's just, I, you can't read into his head as to what angle he's coming at, you know. Yeah. So you seem to get the impression that he thought they were sort of religious symbols. No, no. 
I don't, I don't think it was that. If you knew the whole story, it'd blow your head off. Um, no, there, there's, I, I can't say it in five seconds. You know That's what I mean? right. I like no that. worries. Okay. Very uh, difficult. Your next choice of single, please. Number six. Every breath I take. The police. Every breath, every breath you, you take. take. Every breath you take. Why did you choose that one? I don't know. It's just the way, the way you did it, the way you put it over. The lyric is fabulous, and I love songs with a difference. You know. Do you ever play songs over and over again, like a lot every of people do? Every time I like a song, mm. that I play it to death in my head. Uh, I sit. I'm always singing it. I really sort of. I, I mean, I'm not learning the words by that by me saying that, but it just goes over and over in my head, and, and I do try to listen to it until I'm bored with it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when you write a song, the first time you hear it in your head, and you think, wow, this, this could be good. Mm. By the time it actually comes out on record, you're sick to death of it. Well, you don't get like that, actually, with hits. I, I'm wrong to say that. You don't. There's something special about them, and it, they hold there, if you know what I mean. And I want to know whether I do get fed up with it, or, or I don't get fed up with it. You know, how quickly do other people catch what I'm catching? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, Have you ever seen the police or Sting perform live? I did once, when they were just starting out, and they wanted, they wanted recognition, and they asked us if they could go on after us oh, wow. in a club in London somewhere and I said well no I think we had to be home early that night <laughs> 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 he met me I, I, I know Sting and I've been to his house since and uh, mm. he said to me do you remember when we were doing that gig <laughs> and he said and I asked if we could go on after you and you said no <laughs> and I said yeah and he, he looked at me he said I would have done the same bloody thing <laughs> <laughs> Number seven single, please. All Right Now. By Free. Because it was a good party record, you know, in, yeah. in, in that, at the time when it came out, everybody played it at every party you ever went to, you know, and it was a good party song, so it, you know. It could almost have been one that you wrote yourself, couldn't it? I mean, it's that Possible. sort of... We, I've always thought about doing that song, but uh, maybe I've left it too late. <laughs> That's been used in a chewing gum commercial quite recently. When really? When songs get used in commercials and things, does it have an effect on your own opinion of them? Um, not really. It's just it's, it's an, another airing after such a long time, you know. Mm. And sometimes uh, a record will stay the distance, or a song will stay the distance, or it won't. I mean, I've heard Wild Thing, I've heard With a Girl Like You, um, all done for advertising purposes. So mm. I don't think it makes any difference, really. Mm. And do you sing along when you hear these sort of records on the radio? Yeah, well, uh, it goes along in my head. I yeah. sing along with it, probably not now, but yeah, it's there. Okay, your eighth single, please. Fields of Gold. All right. Is this the Eva Cassidy version? Well, I like both, but okay. she has got a way of, of doing that, you know. Think the Eva Cassidy one, I, I was asked to go into a, a film that they were making about crop circles, which I did do. It did come out. It never saw the light of day, really. It got an award in a place over in America somewhere. But And, and we wanted to use... I said to the guy, I said, you know what would go with this film? I said, when you show this particular circle and that. I said, Fields of Gold by Eva Cassidy. He'd never heard of her. And I sent him a, a disc, and he said, I know what you mean. Let's try and get it, you know, on the film. 
And Sting wouldn't do it because it was low budget and that, you know, low budget film. He, he wouldn't say yes to it, but if he had it done, it would have been lovely for the film because it suited it perfect, you know. So if he says no, that's it, it can't be used? Well, you can do that, yeah. Uh, people, and they do, with me, they phone me up or they send me a fax or something, you know, and say, could so-and-so do it, you know? And I, and I, I say yes, if I think it's... If they want to take the mickey out of it, then, well, maybe I might hesitate. But I think the more... It's like Love is All Around, the... Um, what's those little uh, Smurfs? They wanted to do it, and they did. And, yeah. and there's a load of kids out there, uh, four, five years old, that love the Smurfs and hmm. sing along with it. So, you know, you're actually maybe educating the new market. Yeah. <laughs> <don't> know, <laughs> new market with little blue hats on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> They wanted to change the lyrics a bit, you know, yeah. so I didn't mind. Um, number nine single, please. Cindy uh, Lauper, Time After Time. Right. Why did you choose this one? Just a fabulous song. She's got a kinky way of looking and making and putting that song over, you know. It's, it's just right for that particular song. I just love it for that reason. I love her little sort of squeaky voice as well. What did you think of her image, her physical appearance? Well, she was a bit punky, wasn't she? She looked like a punk, and yet she was coming out with a song like that, you know, which was a bit, at the time, you know, now it's a, a different ball game, but... Yeah, and I, I like that quirkiness. Um, I like the difference, you know. A lot of people now sound a lot alike, whereas you could tell different artists, couldn't you, in those days? You listen to music on the radio, it could be anybody, you know. Yeah. Excellent. Um, your final single, please. I think Eddie Grant. Right. Electric Avenue. Right. And have you met him? No, I didn't. No. But you like your reggae? I, I do. I, I think that's good, and it's for times, you know. I mean, we could go on here all night. I mean, I like the Gypsy Kings. It's the mood you're in when uh, certain times of the year, especially you don't get those moods in England because there's no sun. But uh, when you're abroad and you get these beautiful songs that suit where you are or uh, that's great i mean it's very difficult to listen to frank sinatra saturday afternoon in wars isn't it <laughs> it's not the same ring is no. it? but you hear the beach boys you know in the summer they're right but you wouldn't play that at christmas would you you know there's got to be a time and, and life is so different have you spent much time in the caribbean well my first holiday after i made it i, I went to barbados I have been out to Antigua, and I like to hear their sort of breed of music as well, you know. When you're there, it suits the area, it suits the mood, it suits the feeling. And when I'm out in Spain, which I've got a property out there now, when I'm out there, I like to hear the Gypsy Kings. I go straight in, put the Gypsy Kings on, just to feel, ah, I've arrived. Sets the mood for the whole holiday, like, you know. Hmm. May we know how old you are now? Well... They took two years off my age when I came into the business because they said I was too old. Yeah, I was, when I was 24, they put me up as 22, and I suffered that right until I wrote my book, and I said, no, the people would know how old I am because it was Paul McCartney saying, oh, I reached 60, and I said, yeah. ah, beat you by a year, you know what I mean? Um, no, I'm 63. It's heard about Richard Curtis. Did you get to know him quite well because no, of the... No, I haven't. I wrote him a letter because we were into something that we're doing right now, and this is what's taken up a lot of my time even, well, it's going to take up my time for the next two years, I should think. We're doing a, a process, an idea, 
and I thought it might be wise to, to get hold of him and just see if he knew anybody to, get, to steer us in the right direction. And I wrote to him, and he wrote back, and he gave me a lovely letter, told me a person to go see, and also said about this with a girl like you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he can find a slot for it in one of his films. And I thought, well, his films are always funny and amusing and that, and wouldn't it be nice if they were out in Barbados getting married or something, and you had a reggae version of I Want to Spend My Life With a Girl Like You, you know. Brilliant. It would be great. So that, but that's for the future. And if Did you ever communicate with him over four weddings, then? No, but he told me in his letter that he's a huge fan of mine, uh, in the, right. you know, of the Trogs, in those early days. And um, he said, if this letter, if I'd have been writing to you, you know, like 30 years ago, I wouldn't have known what to say. He's a big fan. And that's why he's used it so much, you know. But and he said, well, it's one fan to another, because I'm a fan of his now with those films. They're great. And they are black at her an awful lot, you know. Wet, wet, wet are getting back together. Well, how do you feel about that? It's about bloody time, isn't it? Yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they must have had arguments or what have you, but, you know, it's whether... it's A group is like a marriage, you know, and, and you have ups and downs, and it all depends how you get over that. I mean, the thing now is to get divorced and see what happens from then on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what groups do. I mean, you've all got different temperaments. You all live in different ways and it's a good job you don't have to live with each other you know because it wouldn't last five minutes so band, you know but whereas and this is probably what happens when you're on tour or something like that they can get very you know different and and you you, you see it like living with them you know out of a suitcase all the yeah. time so you know there is you have to be able to do it what uh, what marital advice would you give marty pello and the boys Take away your egos, get get down to it, and make some good stuff like you did to begin with. Keep at it. I mean, it was hard because they had such a big hit with that, 15 weeks at number one. Yeah. And that might have been the cause of the breakup. I don't know. I hate yeah. to think it was that, but the trouble is when you've done that, you see, it's best perhaps they've done the right thing to stop, think about it, let time go by, and then start again because... Everybody, even when they're writing, they'll say, well, if it doesn't stay, if it doesn't get into the charts and stay there for 15 weeks at number one, it's not as good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. They've set themselves a very high figure to try and jump over, and, and they'll never be able to do that. So probably it might have been that that said, right, let's cool it. Let's. Yeah. There's a lot of groups all of a sudden come back, and everybody goes, yeah, we'll have a bit of that, <laughs> don't they? So it works. I bet your bank manager's saying that, now they're back together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apart from your upcoming tour, is there anything else we should be plugging for you? Wow. Um, well, I have got a book out. Uh, it's gone into paperback this year, which is called uh, Wild Things They Don't Tell Us. Right. <laughs> Who's it published by? Metro. And uh, any albums coming out? Not at the moment there isn't. There's some things in the pipeline, but I need to speak to somebody about it. But it, it won't be a whole album, you know. Right. It, it'll be something that we do. It's a weird idea, but all the songs that, out of all the songs that I recorded that didn't actually get onto record, somebody is interested to know what they were and if they can be used or if we can go in and record. Oh, which is a, you know, a different way of looking at things, you know, because yeah. there are one or two that I thought, you know, could have could have done it, you know, or yeah. could have got on something, but didn't actually get around to doing it, you know. Mm. 
And will you record under your own name or as the Trogs? The Trogs. Yes. Right. Oh right. no, it's nothing but the Trogs. Right. Well, thank you very much indeed. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. All the best to you. Take care. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.